The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Night Master Debaters, initially brought to you by the Great Deception Podcast, but airing a week later here on Dangerous World. I'm honored to have you here and thankful for your support. As always, guys, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast for all your full versions of every episode, and I really appreciate the support there. If you want some merch, want to get into that game Head over to DangerousWorldStore.com. Despite the hiatus for the show, which has only lasted a few days, uh, seen an uptick in both of those. So that's nice. You know, it's cool that uh, maybe people thought that I was losing interest because of my rant on the last one saying that most podcasts that you enjoy will not be around, not because they'll get censored by the government, but because they will be either afraid to continue talking, which I totally get, or they'll lose interest because it's been done so much. A lot of the topics that we cover as a community are covered from multiple angles and it's repeated over and over again. Um, this is why I don't do episodes typically on uh, you know, CERN or you know, Bigfoot, despite you know having some legitimate interest in that. I like to try and find some new things that haven't been talked about. And my case for that today is not so strong because we're gonna be talking about global surveillance. But um, something was triggered in my mind from a great individual that I work around at a store that I service for my day job uh, because not enough of you people are signed up for said Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. This guy is is a great dude to talk with, though, man. Older gentleman, uh, I would say, you know, middle-aged. If I were to guess his age, I'd say 55, okay? I don't know, though. He gets around good. Um, you know, awesome dude to talk with. Um, but he's a conspiracy nut like myself, like us, right? He thinks that, uh, that the world is not what we are told it is. And for that, he has, um, you know, faced some backlash in his personal life and things like that. He's persecuted a little bit, but Hey, you know, he knows that, uh, that that's part of the territory. And I think that it's part of the responsibility of just being a responsible citizen being, being somebody that questions, reality and wants a better future for their kids if they have kids or if you're like me you just want a better future for the people here on earth 
this earth and this God has given me everything that I have. So I'd like to give something back to it, right? Instead of just leaving it worse than when you came. Don't they say that about people when they go picnic and shit like that? To to pack it out and pack it in. Like, don't leave the world worse than when you enter it. Don't leave the campsite worse than when you entered it. It's the same concept. But for some reason, we just think that the world is too big to change or too fucked up to change. I would say that's bullshit. I would say that that's probably something that's fed into our little minds here. And um, I really respect the dude, even though I don't interact with him much. And he brought up the idea of um, some global surveillance. And, and you know, he was out hunting near the border. We live in, uh, again, Tucson, Arizona, very close to the border. And uh, in the mountains and in the this really rugged terrain that's out there, he met up with some Game and Fish people from what it sounds like, either Game and Fish or Border Patrol. I'm not sure exactly who it was. But, um, you know, they, they kind of stumble upon these guys and they're kind of bullshitting. The guy's obviously very politically minded and conspiratorial. And he starts asking these agents, whether they are of Game and Fish or uh, some other, you know, maybe some Department of Defense shit like, you know, Border Patrol or whatever. Homeland Security, I guess, is Border Patrol. But you get my drift. He starts asking them about some political questions, and they have body cams on, and uh, the guy says, hey, uh, you know, we don't talk about politics, um, you know, while we're in uniform, and he looks at his partner, shuts off the camera, and his his partner also shuts off the camera, um, and then they say, okay, so what's really going on here is you're being tracked even while you're out here. The guy's like, well, what if I don't have a phone on me? doesn't matter. There are massive amounts of infrastructure that you would not believe will keep track of you in a black mirror style fucking surveillance program where even if you're running through the desert of Tucson, Arizona, you're being watched. And that's not fear porn that I'm trying to pump this guy who I trust, even though I don't know very well. I, uh, I believe that stuff, you know, and I actually looked into it. I don't just hear something and then regurgitate it here to all of you lovely people. I look into it myself, and so we're going to get into that today and uh, talk about some other things that just, um, you know, when I start doing research, my mind goes in all kinds of different directions, and, you know, we, we find these connections doing this line of research where it all kind of ties together, right? There's not many conspiracies, there's one, and this this surveillance stuff, the overreach of Big Brother is a very intricate web of deception, I would say, Um before that, I do want to mention this conversation was with Miss Emily. Her Instagram is Miss Emily. There's a B in between the M, Miss um, Emily, and then also obviously the duo, um, who I'm honored always to talk with uh, on this Monday night show. It's a great time. Monday night is rough for me, and um, Monday day is rough for me, I should say. And then the night is just nice and smooth. It's that little bit of sugar to make the medicine go down. That is Monday for me. So. Always a pleasure to do these conversations, and uh, let's roll into this, man, because there was some some really interesting stuff that I saw when I was digging into this uh, incredible information here, spurred on by somewhat of a coworker. There's this, um, you know, this technology that's being used in the middle of the desert is uh, at least accounted for by one individual that works for the Border Patrol. His name is Agent Jose Alamin, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. 
And I guess he's the chief agent for Van Horn Station. Now, it's interesting that these guys will get out there and talk about this. And sure, it probably makes their jobs easier. But you would think that they could at least see that this could be used for nefarious purposes in the very near future, if not already, right? Now, the idea here is that there are AI cameras that are put up on poles, and there's some interesting numbers here, um, put up on poles, and they have a three-mile visual radius, and they're equipped with night vision technology, and they can see all kinds of different abnormalities in the landscape. You could be crawling on the ground doing a military-style crawl for three miles. That shit will pick you up once you're in its line of vision. And it can even identify you as a white man, as a black man, a Mexican woman, a dog, a squirrel, a fucking tumbleweed, right? It finds abnormalities. It's AI, so it gets smarter and smarter the longer it's up. And it recognizes the landscape. And it maybe it does recognize the tumbleweed. And it sees the tumbleweed a thousand times. And it says, no, it's a tumbleweed. That's not a Mexican running across the border, right? It's wild to think about this. But this is very real. And again, according to this um, Agent Alleman, this is a direct quote from him. He says, they have been a game changer in reference to these AI cameras. A force, a force multiplier. They detect anything within the area give us the exact location of folks coming through here, and they narrow down the response time, narrow down apprehension time, so we can quickly move on to other areas where activity is detected. So these things are constantly picking up activity of mostly illegals, right? That's what they say that the use is for. But we know that like a good amount of our technology, I would venture to say above 90% of it, was initially military practice, right? The great stuff that we have, like the computers, the phones, um, satellite phones, you know, cell phones. This stuff is becoming our, you know, daily use shit when it was, you know, in use by the military for, you know, decades beforehand, right? Now, who knows what we're, we're going to have in decades. This technology grows exponentially, so it's interesting to think about. But um, like I said, these cameras, they have a three-mile visual radius and night vision technology, Mounted atop 33-foot metal poles. It's an interesting number to put, right? 33-foot metal poles. And they can also give agents cues as to whether anyone in a large group may be carrying a weapon. So that's how specific this stuff gets. They can actually see, hey, this guy's got a, a sidearm. This guy's carrying uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe a knife. Maybe a, a stick. It can It can narrow these things down and actually communicate this to the people, not just show them, but it can communicate these to the uh, the uh, agents. And the towers automatically hand off, quote-unquote, um, from one to another that is in the area. So let's say that these towers are six miles apart. This tower picks uh, a group of illegals or maybe just some hunters walking in the area, and um, it's going east to west. There's a tower that's over to the west. Once it's out of that east eastern tower... The Eastern Tower then tells the Western Tower, hey, you've got something coming into your area. You know, relay the information that you're picking up there. And they're all working off the same system, so it's just seamless. Um, there is a uh, rotary mount on the top of these things, and the camera's radar is always on scan mode. So the way I see it and the way that this guy sounds like it was described to him by a first-hand account talking with these people that are very familiar with the technology 
he was saying that if you could see the infrared, it seems like it's laying down a grid, a literal grid. We always talk about being off the grid. Well, shit, even when you're off the grid now, you're on the grid. That's wild to think about. This is Black Mirror shit. I don't know if you've seen the episode where they're running away from those Boston Dynamic dogs and they're, they shoot like a tracking device inside of her. And this thing can track for miles and my, I mean, forever, right? It, it picks up a beacon and it's geolocated, which we'll get into further here. The technology seems like a, a win-win, but clearly the Border Patrol is not operating at, at I don't want to say that it's their fault, though, but they're not they're not doing their job because the intense amount of people that are coming through because of policies right the the policies by the executive administration is just horrible right um but still they act like this technology is changing the game well maybe it is still it's still a fucking drop in the bucket that these people are, are able to find even with this invasive technology so in my opinion this is practice for what we're going to see here okay in in cities and in the desert where it's already being used because once we're on the grid in the city, we might think, well, shit, you know, we got to run away or we got to, you know, get away from this tyrannical government, whatever the case may be in a hypothetical situation. Um, the technology is already set up in the most desolate areas, right? The border is pretty desolate for a majority of it, right? This is how they, they get through. There is that little wall. And it's crazy to think that this could be, potentially be a step or two ahead of the you know total global prison planet grid system right maybe i'm reaching but the way that this guy kind of broke this down to me it seems that um you know they're not stopping the illegals from coming in but they're gathering massive amounts of data in this process what's that data going to be used for what is the system trying to perfect I don't know. I'll let you come to your own conclusion in your head. But uh, it's not just the southern border that they use this technology on. They use it at the northern border as well here in the U.S. And um, they're mounting these towers and these poles, these 33-foot poles, on top of massive buildings. We've got like a uh, 73-story GM Renaissance Center in Detroit. Um, that's going to obviously improve the ability of this thing and the range of how far this thing can see. And what one thing that I did want to point out, too, is a lot of this, you know, a lot of this technology is actually on private property. It's not on government owned land. There's a lot of like ranches, uh, cattle ranches and whatnot down near the border. And a uh, lot of a lot of these farmers and, and, you know, ranchers and whatnot are really frustrated with the you know, illegals coming through and doing things, which I guess you're not supposed to call them illegals anymore, but these individuals coming through and fucking with their shit, right? So it's something something that's interesting, you know, potentially some sort of loophole that they found where they're putting this on private property. These people are agreeing to have the technology on their property. It's a weird little weird little situation. So you see that again with the northern border. They're putting they're partnering up with GM, at least in one instance, having this thing at the top of a massive building. Now, most of the stuff from the northern border is to surveil the Great Lakes area. Um, you got a lot of, uh, you know, difficult area to supervise there because I guess at night things can get kind of difficult. Um, it's a wide open area. I've never been to the Great Lakes, something that I'd really like to do. It's on the bucket list. But um, 
now maybe I'll just be getting watched the whole time. What's interesting here is that the camera can reveal what the craft that's coming across the water would look like. You know, obviously we're talking boats here, little smaller boats more often than not. If they're illegal, there's not massive ships coming across trying to be incognito. But um, you can the, this camera can tell the number of people on board, can it obtain the boat's registration number so that agents in the area can perform background checks on all the individuals affiliated with the purchase of the boat and potentially all the people on the boat as well. And the information is then relayed to the patrol boat well before the intercept. So they have all this intel when they can go in and it's it's not like a blind operation here. Um, this is coming from a Dennis Karwowski and um, he was the agent assigned to the Detroit Border Intelligence Center, I guess. This was back in uh, January of this year. So both of these stories, that the first one that I was citing was from March of this year. This one's from January. This is new technology that's really being utilized for some reason under this administration that doesn't want to keep illegals out. It doesn't want to keep crime out. They made that very clear. Why is this being utilized right now? Right? It goes back to the question I was asking earlier. And this was supposedly demonstrated many times. And in one example here cited... Um, a radar blip was randomly picked and matched to a camera and instantly the vessel that's being tracked appeared on a huge wall in front of the room that these um, Border Patrol agents are, you know, headquartered in. And there was a craft speeding along and this is what they are tracking after this this AI camera picks up this abnormal movement in the still water. And... Um, the operator of this of this camera then zooms in to what they call an amazing close-up, and people on board are now seen as well as the boat's registration number on the bow of the boat. So, I mean, they get up to the like the the facial details and facial recognition technology is obviously at play here too, as we mentioned. But just the idea that that this is being used right now for what seems to be good. I mean, you can you can throw that in the fucking trash can here in just a couple of minutes because, you know, it, it, it as we know, this technology always gets used against us for some reason. I don't understand why there can't be a happy medium of, yes, let's use this technology to stop crime and stop illegal activity of any kind. But uh, not just if you disagree with someone politically, because I think that that is what a lot of concern of this technology stems from. Or the fact that it is AI and it can go rogue and it can run away with the little bit of knowledge that it was initially programmed with and build off of that. It's it's interesting to think about. But um, I wanted to learn more about exactly what these things do. And I went to a site called Industry Research. And while you can't read the full report that they conducted on AI surveillance technology, you can get a summary of the report. If you request it, right? Now, I got a very, very short summary. Uh, you can get a longer summary if you request it, or you can get the entire report by request. Or if you got a little cash to play with, you can throw down $4,900 and instantly get access to the report. Or um, that's that's obviously if you're an individual. Now, if you're a corporation trying to monetize the technology, throw down a cool little 98 hunch. And uh, and you and your your company can get access to it. I'm, I'm assuming with a business license and uh, 
working in the proper sector. Now, I found that very suspicious. I don't know if this is how they typically run business over there at Industry Research. I know, admittedly, I know nothing about the site, so this may just be status status quo shit. But, uh, man, uh, that is suspicious as hell to me that you have this full report of the future predictions and, and you know, industry knowledge of what the AI surveillance cameras are capable of now and going to be capable of in the future. But then you want to charge so much or you want to, you know, you will give it to some certain people, but they have to request it. So I'm sure it's, you know, high up people in society or people that may potentially invest in this technology or this site would, um, you know, to fund further research, right? Would, would get access to this. I, I just find that really suspicious. Seems shady as fuck to me. But I did find some pretty provocative information, I would say, especially if this is, uh, you know, what they're willing to give out for free. I wonder what is behind that paywall there. You think $3 is a lot for a fucking Patreon. 48 hunch for a document is a little obscene. Uh, I'm sure you get access to all the documents on the site for that price, but jeez. <laughs> I couldn't imagine charging that much for any of my shit, but, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, working with human currency and shit here. So, you know, what I, what I did find out some of the things that these, you know, AI cameras, they work with a 3d model of their monitoring areas. So let's say that, that, you know, to use my South of the border example or Southern border example, it's picking up desert rocks, trees, bushes, not many trees, bushes, shrubs, cactus, you know, desert terrain and it recognizes its full three mile 360 degree area that it's monitoring it picks up anything out of the ordinary and if it is like a shift in landscape like let's say a tree falls down it will probably recognize that as something suspicious at first but as it starts to see more trees fall down or more tumbleweeds roll by as i mentioned or more animals, uh, you know, eating plants to the point where the the plant eventually is gone. It recognizes that, and it knows that that's not, you know, anything to trip out about. It sees something that is out of the ordinary for this 3D model that it's painted for itself, and um, it starts recognizing only human and animal movement, which which is the only thing that can trigger it. Right? The 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 wind blowing the bushes around isn't going to trigger anything. Um, and in the you know circumstance where a human or an animal walks by, the uh, an alert is sent off of the surveillance camera. Together with the deep machine learning, the AI surveillance camera can recognize the adults, children, pets, and unfamiliar faces over time, and alerts users only when real danger or the specific event occurs. Now, again, this is just a tidbit of this paid shit that you have to pay four figures to fucking uh, get at here. The largest application, according to the document, again, which they wanted to disclose, was public and government infrastructure, followed by commercial use and then residential use being the final. Um, Public and government is is a scary idea here for me. Um, They didn't say military even, right? Government obviously tying into military, but... um, that's uh, I think that's kind of right in your face there. Yeah, the government is using this technology, and that is the number one driver of AI technology in, in general. So, um, and it is kind of weird how they mentioned COVID nineteen several times in the short amount that you are able to access. 
they say that it, it it's really increased our need for surveillance and and you know we kind of a lot of people have predicted this here where you know they're going to start using this to tell who is sick or who's unvaccinated potentially i mean this could potentially be one of the applications who knows the limit of artificial intelligence and um supposedly the these cameras will potentially be able to pick up you know human temperatures recognize some some you know symptoms that are synonymous with covid or monkeypox or whatever other thing that they want to throw at us that's an interesting thought right that this is actually going to pick people out of a crowd and say that guy looks like he has a runny nose or he has a headache or his 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 fucking eyes are dry right a lot of it sounds like it could be good, but it sounds like it's very, very easy to overreach with this stuff. And we see it already, but, um, man, the the predictions span out to 2028, which is just in time for 2030, which, you know, think what you want about that whole theory, but it's very interesting. And a lot of timing seems to be coincidental, to say the least. But uh, this Garter organization, which is, it's, it, I don't know much about it, but it essentially sounds like a high-level, high-speed fucking, uh, you know, advisor for massive companies. And they have some technology that they put out to help companies kind of master their audience and, you know, operate efficiently. But it's called Garter. They're part of the S&P 500 massive company. I just, I haven't paid attention to this kind of shit in a while. Not exactly tapped into, um, you know, advisors and financial shit like that. Like I used to be, but this Garter organization predicts that outdoor surveillance cameras will be the largest market for 5G Internet of Things solutions over the next three years. The Internet of Things is tied into AI and surveillance. Now, this is where you take a shit in your toilet. Your toilet has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and the toilet is communicating with your health insurance, and all these other things where, you know, yeah, maybe you take a shit, you don't have enough fiber, maybe it picks up that your diet's poor, and your insurance premiums go up. This is, you know, kind of a gross thought. I don't know why I use the toilet for an example, but that's just the one that freaks me out. The refrigerator's another scary one where, like, you know, let's say you, you your Apple uh, health app tells you that you took in too many calories today and you're not able to open your refrigerator because your baby needs uh, fucking, you know, something out of there. It's interesting to think. Um, who knows what the true applications will be in the next three years, but Internet of Things is another one where I hear it, my attention is definitely perked up. And, you know, surveillance is and really always has been a major goal of the New World Order. And it was exposed by this alleged good guy, Edward Snowden, right? Um, who I, I very, very skeptical of him personally, but that doesn't mean you should be. I, you know, do your own research on him and think what you will. But um, he, you know, he. By the way, this guy said recently when Russia was about to attack Ukraine, he lives in Russia, and he said Russia would never invade Ukraine. A couple of days before it actually happened. And I don't know how he would fuck that up if he's out here and he's one of these high-level fucking CIA or NSA operatives, right? And then he's he's exposing this crazy stuff. He's a brilliant guy, obviously knows a thing or two about international espionage and shit like that. And then he fucking says that Russia's not going to invade Ukraine. I mean, a lot of people in this lower-level podcasting shit knew that that was going to happen and talked about it, right? I don't remember what I per personally thought about it, but I just remember thinking it was very fucked up what was going on. 
I remember hearing people talk about this, though, that, yeah, Russia's going to fucking invade Ukraine. And then some people obviously saying that it's going to be World War Three and shit. Haven't seen that yet. Hope not to. But, uh, yeah, just uh, I don't know how Snowden would fuck that up if he's exposing this stuff. I would say that the guy um, that really kind of picked up on this stuff is this guy named Duncan Campbell. And Duncan Campbell had been looking into this stuff for years, trying to expose it. And I think that uh, rather than giving Duncan Campbell some some serious credit, which, you know, he could be a weirdo too, right? But they, the NSA and the big they wanted Edward Snowden to be the face of this expose on the NSA. Uh, that's an album title right there, Expose of the NSA. Duncan Campbell, look into him. Um, interesting, you know, research over uh, quite some time. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, the project uh, known as P415, nicknamed Echelon, which you, you probably have heard of, made up of the Five Eyes Nations, is led by the NSA under the DOD, and also the GCHQ under the foreign wing of the British Intelligence and Security. And um, they've been operating since at least the early 50s after World War II. And, um, you know, right along with that Cold War and the paranoia there and then the advance in satellite technology, these things really helped them usher in this system very nicely. And if you want to trip out a little bit, go to Google and type in GCHQ building and then look at that headquarters and then look at the Apple headquarters and tell me that the architects of this were not inspired by the GCHQ building. It's insane. Now, I didn't even think to see when the GCHQ building was built, but I would venture to say that um, that it's been around longer since this new Apple facility. Let's see when it was built here. Uh, well, it was formed in 1919. Headquarters, it's called the Donut. So check that out. If you're familiar with uh, the new Apple headquarters, it too is a donut. And uh, one was inspired by the other, clearly. And <laughs> it is kind of funny because Apple plays such a significant role in you know, obtaining surveillance and data. And it's used by high-speed clients and, and some people with some nefarious tendencies, it seems, to actually just give the data right over to alleged criminals. Um, which I'll, I'll get into that story here before we wrap on this. But yeah, interesting, interesting little connection there just with the um, the exact same show. And even the first picture that you pull up of, uh, at least on mine, when you look at the Apple HQ, it is actually the GCHQ, right? They make you think for a second. I don't know if that's like a fuck up on, on Google's part or what. We know that they love their symbolism, but they actually kind of interchange pictures of GCHQ with the Apple um, headquarters. So interesting find there but um there there's often times in these you know facilities that help collect your data and help spy a dead giveaway are these things called radomes and you've seen radomes probably without really knowing it um these are in strategic areas and they're those giant golf ball looking things they look like epcot center right which you know think what you want about that uh connection there but you know Inside of these giant sphere structures are massive satellites. 
And the reason that they put them in these balls is so that the onlookers or people that might be a little nosy can't tell what direction these things are pointing in um, and so on. So this is uh, not really an alleged. I'm not saying that every giant ball out there has some spy equipment in it. But, I mean, these radomes absolutely do. And they're all over the place. And I do find it interesting that Epcot has that uh, big old dome in the center of it. at Epcot Center, right? And you have that being some very subliminal messaging that, you know, there's something in this giant sphere that's spying on you and collecting your information. And it's that ever watchful eye, right? Um, Tons of symbolism there. And obviously the government will tell you that it is mostly to thwart and detect any kind of incoming attacks, missiles, you know, planes, whatever. Also to gain intel from enemies. But they also do admit that everything that they detect is classified information. So that is obviously being used in ways that you shouldn't know about. And I'm going to move through this last, uh, you know, little section here pretty quickly because this is running long as usual. RAF Minwell Hill Station in Yorkshire, UK, is the largest of these data locations, according to most sources. And this is where, at least of, uh, as of 2018, 300 million phone calls and emails are monitored daily. Now, you also have Buckley Air Force Base here in the U.S. Colorado is where it's at. Um, you have Pine Gap, codenamed Rainfall, in northern Australia. And this one was interesting to me because it focuses on cell phone geolocation. So, you know how we always say that our phones are tracking us, right? We assumed, if you're like me, we assume that it's going directly to the NSA, but supposedly it gets pinged to this joint base in northern Australia, and the threats are assessed there, and then kind of like used as a funnel to go back to the NSA, and uh, most of the information gathered in all of these countries, the Five Eyes countries, um, also some others, you know, including Japan, Brazil, A lot of this data gets sent to the NSA after it's kind of been filtered, and then the NSA will decide what it wants to share back with those nations and also enemy nations and, uh, you know, United Nations and all these other groups out there. Um, Another widely forgotten aspect of this whole thing, though, of the the ever-watchful eye of Big Brother is the NSO group's Pegasus Project. I know a lot of you have probably heard about this, and it's a wild thing. It goes a lot deeper than I'm going to cover here. This is an episode on its own, but it tied in so nice, and it just popped up organically as I was looking through this stuff. And um, it's a it's a wild little thing. It led to an unknown number of civilian phone data being leaked, along with private and very vulnerable info. Um, the NSO group is not part of the Five Eyes on paper, but it sure would make a lot of sense if they were at least colluding with them as they come from Israel, right? Israel, obviously, very buddy-buddy with the Five Eyes. uh, But, you know, doing some interesting things over there. And this is another case where spyware, which is intended for criminals, quote-unquote, has been used on civilians. And it begs the question here, what makes a criminal in the world government's eyes? I don't know. I mean, is it... Is it people that disagree with the government? Is it people that want election integrity? Is it people that believe in the Second Amendment? They can change all of this up on a dime, right? Without even voting at a certain point. I mean, we're getting to the point, I fear, that bills won't even be really voted into law. We've seen a lot of executive orders from the current administration, and I think that that's setting a, um, a status quo of sorts. 
But Pegasus can literally activate your phone camera, your microphone, and all your phone's features. But as with all bad technology here, you start to see a little bit of good. Um, it, was, it was really alleged here that the list of hack numbers includes hundreds of business executives, religious figures, academics, NGO employees, union officials, government officials, including cabinet members and presidents and prime ministers, world leaders, and so on. Um, it would be great to get some of their information, right? They are in the public eye, but they get away with murder, sometimes literally. I, I would have no problem uh, seeing all of the records of these people and having that shit out on blast. I think once you're a public figure like this, your life should not be private um, in any way, shape, or form. You have people's lives in mass in your hands, but who knows? Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll revise a little bit about what I said. Not all of it, but I'll revise a little bit. If, if Israel's spying on their enemies and the enemies could be the cabal, so to speak, that's interesting, right? It sounds a little QE for me, but it's an interesting thought. And I do think that something like this is more plausible than like, um, you know, even a 9-11, which, you know, I, I believe that it was an inside job. All that something like this takes is one disgruntled employee or one person that feels fucked over by the system or doesn't like a certain politician or a certain governmental system. All it takes is for them to say, fuck it and expose some shit. That's all that it takes. One person, right? Leak the numbers. Fuck it. Boom. They're obviously hackers, so they could triangulate their fucking shit and they can make it so that they're, uh, they're probably using a VPN um, and some other shit that we don't even know about. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't take dozens or hundreds of people to to get this kind of information out. But then again, some innocent people are surely going to get targeted. And this is a big concern. I think it should be to everyone. Um, several journalists were on the list. And I'll admit, journalists can suck, right? Journalists are oftentimes a, a big, big problem. The media is the virus. Government's the virus. All that good shit. But uh, we're not talking about Brian Stelter or even like a Tucker Carlson type. We're talking about individual freelance journalists, which, yes, again, they can be shitty. But these are the types that seem to be targeted by the people that would be clients of NSO Group. And this is from The Guardian here, this, this thing that I'm going to cite here at the end. This is from The Guardian, and I know nothing about this guy's history, the guy that I'm going to be talking about here. Um or this alleged client of NSO Group. Again, according to The Guardian, I don't know this to be true. I'm not alleging anything here. I'm literally saying what I heard from The Guardian, which is a pretty credible source, I, I would say. Not the most, but they do talk about some wild shit and and expose more than, than other sites, too, I would say. But um, the idea here is that this reporter or this individual of any kind, doesn't need to be a reporter, can be targeted by a client of NSO Group and then that geolocation data can be sold to said client. And then that person always knows where that where that target is or whatever the case may be. So in this circumstance, again, big alleged if this if this even happened. I'm not I'm not claiming anything myself here. Um, this is directly from The Guardian. This is a quote. The phone number of a freelance Mexican reporter was found in the list. I just decided on the fly that I'm not going to mention the guy's name. Um Mexican reporter was found in the list, apparently of interest to a Mexican client in the weeks leading up to his murder, when his killers were able to locate him at a car wash. 
His phone was never um, found, and so no forensic analysis has been possible to establish whether it was infected. Now, again, the theory being implied here is that whoever this client of the alleged, um, you know, NSO collusion, whatever, uh, would say, hey, you know, whack this dude and then take his phone because, you know, they're going to be able to tell, you know, I fucking went through NSO. I'm sure he's not mentioning names here, but I went through this group and then, you know, they're going to see that I talked with you. Make sure you take the fucking phone, you idiot. Otherwise, we're all going down. The killer does it, and then, you know, surprise, surprise, he turns up dead a couple months later, one of them at least, allegedly. Um, Wild, right? And and again, this is from The Guardian. This isn't just plucked out of thin air. This dude was making some serious allegations, though, of some powerful and wealthy people in Mexico, and that very rarely flies over very well. It doesn't happen always, you know, as much here in the U.S., but I know that that happened with, like, Michael Hastings, right, his car uh, was hijacked supposedly ran into a tree he was saying that he was being targeted uh he was writing a expose on a cia director big friend of the show the cia director is uh you know just interesting man it's a it's an interesting group of coincidences that lead to situations like this and it's something that i think everyone should be concerned about because you can be a target too um I don't think I am a target. I really don't think so. And a lot of people are very liberal in calling themselves targets of the government. It's fine. You know, I, I, I could see it going one way or the other. I, I don't care. I'm not doing anything wrong. I have no bad intentions here. I'm just uh, trying to entertain it. I'm trying to mostly, honestly, selfishly just learn some shit, man. This, this is fascinating stuff to me. So I hope that you enjoyed that uh, longer than expected intro. Now, uh, you know, look up Pegasus, look up, uh, you know, AI smart cameras and things like that or surveillance, AI surveillance if you're interested yourself. If you want any links, hit me up. I can shoot you over uh, whatever I found. But uh, guys, thanks so much and uh, enjoy this wonderful episode of the Monday Night Master Debaters. Miss Emily, Matt from The Great Deception and myself. Always a blast. Uh, Hope that you enjoyed the intro and hope that you enjoy the show, guys. See ya in the next episode. And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. This week, we are actually a tricycle because Mr. Davey Wavy's under the weather. Davey, I hope you feel better, buddy. But the show must go on. Emily. Miss Emily from Instagram, our, you were on the first Monday Night Master Debaters. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you. It's great to be back. I'm, I'm doing well, enjoying the summer, and waiting to see how much crazier the world can get. Oh, you don't have to wait. Just look at the <laughs> clock. Every minute, it seems like something else comes up, right? It's true. Oh, it's my true. God. Ryan, what's going on, man? Same old stuff, man. Uh, walking in a little late here, but I guess the audience didn't really know that. But, you know, just freaking it's so busy. Like, I, I have no time to do anything, dude. But uh, looking into some new stuff and, that you're kind of familiar with and uh, just excited for, like, what the future holds, because I do think that the world's going to get crazy. But I'm like kind of on the fence of like how much that's planned by humans and how much it's planned by like some other entities. I'm getting weird like that now. And oh, join the or mm-hmm. how much of it is cyclical, 
right? Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to buy into the fact that there's this cycle that every and 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 trying to figure out how many years is it, but every X amount of years there seems to be, you know, a reboot, right? Yeah. A refresh of everything. And I feel like you've been really pulling back the layers to that. You've opened my eyes to that with a lot of your research and caused me to dig deeper. I think you're absolutely right. There's definitely a cycle. There's definitely um, our history is much shorter for our civilization, I think, than we actually even know. And I don't know how much is actually created, how much is is real at this point. Like, I mean, like you said, you just question everything. Yeah, because and and that's what's amazing. Like you keep pulling it back and you're like, oh, there's another level. And um, Ryan and I ha have been looking into this guy, uh, Jason Brashear, and he has a whole different take on things than what I've been looking at. And, and but it's, you know, I'm looking more recent. He's taking mm -hmm. it back, you know, BC. So he's going back, uh, you know, five to 7,000 years. And, but the, the thing that is amazing is you still see these patterns. I think he says it's a 128 year cycle or multiples of 128, right? So you could go to 256 and then double it from there. And, and so looking at that, but what a lot of people keep saying though, is there's this time of darkness and then this switch. And, 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 and if you think about everything that makes sense, right? Cause everything seems to be a pendulum, right? Yeah. It always seems to want to get back to the middle, no matter how far crazy left it goes or how far crazy right it goes or up or down, it always seems to want to get level. Mm -hmm. Which is that sort of chaos, chaos that you wonder is it true? Is it chaos or is it planned? Is it supposed to be this way? Is it cyclical? Is it cyclical on purpose? Is it cyclical because that is the way the universe works? I mean, these are questions we'll never be able to answer. But I think what's really comforting for me is when we find more truths or more similarities in the storyline that we're uncovering. It's like confirmation that, okay, yeah, I am onto something. There is something a little bit different than what we were told and we can continue to dig deeper. We may never know the answer, but at least we have some comfort in knowing that we're not crazy for thinking that something different has been going on or what is going on or is going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you because I, I went and it's funny because it seems like everybody goes to that phase, right? Where you, you question, you start questioning yourself at one point where you're like, is it just me? Am I, am I really the one that is that crazy or is anyone else seeing this? And then when you start, you know, finally looking around and, and, or meeting random people that have similar uh, beliefs or even, you know, can understand where you're coming from. You're like, okay, good. It's not me. This place yeah. is crazy and I'm just in it. And, uh, and like you said, we may never know the answer. But the, the one thing I do know is it's not what I've been told. So at that point, anything is possible. So it's tough. Have you looked though. into this, this five sun thing? Have you heard of that? Either one of you guys, the five sons, which I know that one thing our boy mentioned that we're trying to that that shark, the whale that we're trying to catch right now. Yeah. Um, have you heard of this five sons? Emily shook your he her head. No, no I haven't heard I of the five sons. No, I've heard of, yes. you know, the two sons. Yeah, okay. I've heard of the two sons. Yeah, dude. So this shit is wild because I when, when I was looking into the Lucius Trust, I um, came across this thing with this guy named Maitreya, who is the fifth Buddha. 
the fifth and final Buddha, um, sort of like this messianic figure that comes back and this is the final time and then you know the world ends kind of like the vert like it almost seems like an antichrist type figure now the five sons um stems from aztec folklore it seems like but i think that there's other branches of it and it's basically um you're probably thinking of sun like s-o-n but it's s-u-n is what this is that the sun has literally died out four other times and we're in the fifth and final sun and all these other gods have ruled under these sons. And so it sounds obviously like, like, again, like folklore. And it doesn't, you know, it wouldn't, if you told the story the way that the Aztecs did today, it wouldn't resonate with any of us because we don't believe in like the power of the jaguar like they did. And then like the acorns and the pine nuts and things like that, that they believed in. Um, but if you were to change the story a little bit that would fit like today, like maybe Kim Kardashian and like uh fucking, you know, bullshit that doesn't make any sense. TikTok and things that actually make sense and that are in vogue and popular. Maybe we would like try and fall behind this idea, but it kind of goes back to what that dude says of like, there was an old sun that was very, very distant and the, the sky was dark. It was like a dark purple sky rather than being like the blue sky that we see. And this cycle lasted for 676 years. And um, then Quetzalcoatl steps in. That mm -hmm. cycle lasts for another uh, 676 years. And then you get another one and another one that just keep coming. And now we're in the final one. And this one's gone longer than any of the others. But once this one's done, the human experiment's over. There's no more Earth. There's no more universe even. It just, we our consciousness goes back to something else. And it's just a deep thing that I just started looking into, but it's very, very interesting to me right now. So I don't know what your thoughts are. Oh, I'm gonna dive into this. I wanna learn more about it. That sounds really, really interesting. And it falls into that cyclical mindset too, yeah. into those theories of being cyclical. So um, that makes, that's really interesting. I wanna dive in. I'm gonna bang out an episode on it pretty soon here, probably tomorrow, perfect. but yeah. Oh, yeah Cause it kind of ties in, <clears throat> in theory with what Emmanuel Kingman says about the, you know, the Christ millennial reign, how you have this period where Christ is in control. And then you have this period where Satan is unleashed from the pit and he takes control. And, and then after he takes control, it, there's this period of going back to the, uh, the Christ reign and in that, and in the interim, it goes from bad to good. It's not like, you know, an instantaneous thing. Mm. So, and, and his, his thing ties out to like, um, I think it, he marked 1776 and to go 250 years from there, that would be the, the rule of Satan. 250 years. We're almost there. Yeah. 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 That We're makes almost sense. there. So his... And I've always heard they say a one, one complete government system is 250 years in history. They've been running about 250 years, right? Yep. Through through the fall of any government or um, governmental body, I guess, for a region or a kingdom or, or a country. And we're hitting that right now. Yeah, we're right about there. What are we mm -hmm. at? We're at 44? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah. So... 244 mm -hmm. yeah dude I, I don't know man i think that uh because 1776 is not even really necessarily when the country started right so the country starts a few years later well no 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 they're mm -hmm. not even basing it off when the country starts 
there that was just the year that's how the years played out based mm, off of okay. a, after when jesus died Got uh-huh. it. yeah i mean it's so it's tough to know that kind of stuff man because there's so many theories and, and discounting one is like you're just kind of screwing yourself over if you discount any of these you know what i mean when i was talking with my dad about this whole son idea he thought it was crazy obviously right but you know again they they shifted this narrative to make sense for the aztecs and these ancient societies for some reason had some some knowledge and it seemed like you know there's less population the elite had less to control so they didn't necessarily conceal the truth they might have just like kind of lied about the way that it went down you know what i mean like yeah this jaguar god was in control and blah 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 but dude and it's interesting with with the the five sons the fourth son the last son that died the way that the world ended in this cataclysmic event was a flood yep so there was another one that was like a hurricane scenario was the third son um the second son was fire raining down from the sky and the first son was um what the hell was the first son i forget i have notes what's that ice maybe frozen no because I think that we like all the history that we know seems to have be like seems to be under the uh, fifth sun still okay. like the Aztecs were living in the fifth sun. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was the ja- oh, uh, Jaguars ate all of the people. It was only giants that lived during this time. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the Jaguar God and the war God that was acting as the sun at that time made all the Jaguars eat all the people. And so, that's an interesting thing because every it seems like every culture that you go to has giants in their history and a mm-hmm. flood story in their history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and both of them seem to be poo-pooed almost as just stories in the Western society now. You know, okay. it's like it's and I laugh because yeah. the, the more you look into it, uh, the Hopi had a lot of knowledge you know, a lot of, uh, you would almost call it like foresight, you know, they were able to see the future almost and predict things, whether they were using, you know, the sky or they were using the land, whatever they were using. It seems like that. And that's why when I start thinking about it, I'm like, you know, they made this hard, quick push to just wipe out this country in, in the 1800s and just go from East coast to West coast and, you know, start industrializing it. And, you know, they could have done it and worked with the natives, but they just decided to plow right through. And it's almost like they were trying to make them disappear because they knew something that they didn't want to be passed on as well. Like they knew about this land. They knew the history of this land. They knew the legends of this land. And the the Europeans came in and wanted to write the legends of this land. They wanted to be the authors of it. And sure it's it's weird because I, I just get this feeling no it's not weird i just get this feeling that you know the whole story there's a lot more history and a lot more i want to say specialness but it doesn't give it enough value to to the land that we're on there's a lot no, more there, here you're, you're spot on because the thing is is that i've noticed that it seems that whenever history has been rewritten or civilization has been taken out there has been a tremendous effort to sort of diminish and squash and put out the light that we actually have within us as humans and our souls and what we're actually capable of with our power, with our energy, with our light. Um, I've, I've, I've read a lot into what 
we are actually capable of. I've been researching for myself firsthand in what sort of powers and energy and things that we actually have um, that there is a concerted effort to actually make us believe we don't have that. And that what kind of stuff are you finding him? Like just the power of, of your, your mind and your, your creating your energy. Um, and I'm using the term manifest, but not in the same way, manifesting energy in your own life to create things for yourself, not manifesting things, but using your energy to put yourself on a better path, a better trajectory to connect with other people in a different way, to heal people in a different way. Like we actually have these powers when we pull out our energy in different ways and are able to harness it and use it to actually transcend between each other and with the universe and with nature in different ways that um, we have never been told that we are able to do. And there's a really, like even just in our civilization now, there's such an effort with NASA and with space to just teach us like we are so minuscule and insignificant, but really we are incredibly powerful. And with our own energy, with our own mindset, just calibrating yourself using frequencies, using um, different powers of positive words and positive intention can really change the trajectory of your minute, your hour, your day, your week, your month. Um, I've had, you know, incredible transformations in my life and my experience and how I feel and what my day-to-day life is, and including for my children, my family, um, just from exploring those avenues. It's changed so much. And I think when you look back at, there's those other mystical civilizations, as they call them, where they had certain powers or they had abilities to heal or abilities to do things. I think that there's an intense effort to diminish that. And I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because the whole thing with frequencies and, and vibrations, and it's almost like we are magnets, right? Yeah. And, and, and we, our thoughts and, and, and our, just our, our we're, we're going to attract whatever we're yeah. thinking. And we're like mind, we're going to reject or repel oh. anything that's not meeting our frequencies at that time. And it's, no, it's, True. Our antennas are so powerful. I mean, like I use antennas, not for real, but they're so, they're so, they're so powerful that we can just through our words and through our thoughts, just completely change the house that we live in the house, the, yeah. just our world, our, our experience, our mindset, the way we interact with people around us, all of it. It's, it's really incredible. Um, I've been really diving into it with frequencies, musical frequencies, even just in my house. Um, you know, I, I, I have the, the different frequencies during the night playing very soft in every room of our house. So when my children are sleeping, when I'm sleeping, um, and it has changed so much for all of us in terms of like, there's no one's ever having meltdowns. Everyone's happy. Like it's changed everything in, in, with my kids even. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. So there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, tuning your attention, changing your thoughts, just saying things, even if it sounds stupid, that are very positive, that are very, um, you know, even if you think it's not going to work, just sort of changing what you say every day and changing what you say to different people um, changes your trajectory incredibly. And I think there's really something behind that. It's not, it's not just, um, it's not just coincidence. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's intention uh, behind the word? Because um, something that I found out, and I know Matt's very familiar with too, and I'm sure you are too, Emily, that our language, English, has been very, very corrupted at the roots, yes. right? Like, so, yes. like, I found out just the other day, too, that baby is, like, another word for demon. You know yes. what I mean? And, and, like, baby is such an endearing term. 
mm-hmm. I'm sure. That, and even honey, honey is an, is an mm-hmm. occult term. Um, you know, the Freemasons believe that honey was like the, the cure of all that can ail you. And that goes back to, and it depends how you want to interpret this stuff, obviously, but this, this is more like of a pagan idea, worshiping the creature, not the creator type stuff that mm-hmm. the uh, pagans are all about, right? Mm-hmm. Saying that honey is the end all be all for cures. Um, that's a term of endearment. Baby is like, you know, our most prized possessions here in our culture, right? It As is so crazy you say that, Ryan, because I was watching the uh, the College World Series earlier and I had it on mute, but I had the the uh, closed captions up and it w- a guy hit a home run and all it kept saying across the bottom was, yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby, or come on, baby. And I'm like, I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, you always, we always use that in sports, you know? And I was like, why out of all the words would you say like, come on, baby. Like that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't well, fit. People Where use does it, it when, or, or, People use it for their child, which is like by definition what it is. If you look up baby, it's a child. Right. But then you can also use it as like, like a, a, a chick that's hugging their, their man. Right. Or yeah, like a exactly. Man that's yeah. A guy caught my, my buddy in, in college, his nickname for his girlfriend was baby. Yeah. So it made us throw up, but you know, like, yeah, it's nauseating. It's kind of fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah, sometimes. Kind of fun. It's if better than babe. School. I'll tell you, it's better than babe. Babe. I hate. Oh, dude. Yeah. Boo is yeah. bad too, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. No. And you're, you guys are absolutely right. So our language has been corrupted. Um, where the things that we say, things that we chant and we do music you memorize all the lyrics to all those songs full of angst in the 90s and the 2000s great that that shifted like the mindset of our generation with all the the you know the 90s it was the angst and everything and we all sort of have that commonality of like pain within from you know years past um but then you come in now to the 2000s and you look at like the songs that are coming out and the subliminal messages that are coming in and people are repeating all of these words over and over again it's extremely powerful but there are ways to counteract that so if you're someone who constantly sings along to music or doing these things it's very important that every morning and every night you just say words about protection from evil entities from evil energies from evil intentions from evil people or evil um, you know, in, intention that's coming your way from people you know and people you don't know to protect you and your family with, a, you know, whatever. You can just say, say it in any way that you want. Um, but that goodness will overpower the evil every day. But the problem is, is that nobody, nobody really does that. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I mean, some people pray and say, protect my family and do all this. But, but if you really put your intention, like you said, the intention behind the words that's important, your energy is behind it. And tuning your energy to be able to use it properly is incredibly powerful beyond measure. It's it's actually mind blowing. It's something I never thought was actually possible. I know, like if one of my children are now, I'm at the point where they're incredible. They're upset over something, or they're scared. They have a nightmare. They wake up. All I have to do is put my hand on their head and just focus my energy into calming them down. It takes three seconds for them to stop. Like it's that fast. And I think there's so much power. There's nothing special about me we all have this ability to transfer energy to each other um it's just a matter of being able to identify and and sort of cultivate what you actually believe you are capable of it's the jedi mind trick yeah it, it that's exactly what it's like i mean it it started out you know one night where i started doing it and it, it's it's amazing how when i don't do it they don't calm down and then when i do it they immediately just sort of fall into a sigh and go back to sleep yep 
Well, it's funny you mentioned that about like music and stuff, because I hadn't heard about this. But the other day I heard about this song. There's a song called Weightless, and it's by Marconi Union. And supposedly it is the most relaxing song ever created. Like they warn people not to listen to it while they're driving because mm. it will reduce your heart. It's 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 meant to reduce your heart rate, lower mm. everything down, put you in a relaxed state. And it has been known to put people to sleep. Now, I don't know if that's just you know, urban legend or whatnot. Good marketing. It could, but it could be real. I, but no, you, I, I mean, I listened to the song and I sat there and you can literally feel yourself feel just, yourself. just mm -hmm. to, it's like a giant exhale, Change. you know, you relax. Yeah. See, I wonder what would happen if you were listening to that and you were actually doing something that required physical activity or like mm -hmm. if you were researching while you're listening to that, if you would absorb right. that information better or if you would like forget that. Well, shit. How about this, right? I'll try it tomorrow. I'll, when I go to the gym, I'll put this on mm -hmm. and I'll put it on repeat for like it's eight minutes. So I'll put it on twice and I'll see how it works. And then I'll put on some like metal music or something don't be fucking with the freeway that's why you do it then well, no I'm no curious. no no. i'm not driving with it are you crazy no i'm yeah. just kidding that sounds I'm crazy really curious that if that's 528 hertz i use that for a sleeping harmony and when i put that on everybody sinks deep into sleep very quickly myself included like sometimes it, it has historically just been difficult for me to sleep i'm a person who's like a night owl and not because of anxiety or anything. I just, I'm just awake and I watch TV or I'm on my phone or do whatever. But if I put my phone down, I put on a five, I have a playlist for 528 Hertz. I put it on at a very low level. I can't remember anything. I'm out like right away. So I'm wondering if that is somehow one of those, one of those Hertz. But if you start reaching, researching into the different frequencies and what they can do, and then you start listening to them, and especially with headphones, um, it you hear everything much, um, it's a much richer sound, um, but you definitely notice a difference for whatever it is. And then you were talking about with research and different things, I don't know if you've heard of binaur binaural beats. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you've heard of that before, um, that uses frequencies and like uh, different pulsations. And if you do that while you are, if you use that different ones while you are studying or researching or preparing yourself for like an interview or a speech or something like that, it, it actually makes an incredible difference in your ability to focus and retain information. See, those are crazy though. You got to be careful with those binaural beats because yeah. there's this thing that they call digital drugs and you can mm -hmm. literally buy them on like, uh, like black market or black uh, dark web stuff. And it's literally you get like the same effect of weed if you buy mm -hmm. a certain song or the same effect of like Adderall if you buy another song. So those mm -hmm. ones that make you focus more may be like an Adderall type binaural yeah. beat that you're getting. And it's tapping mm -hmm. into something that the same thing that when you take the actual drug, it's mm -hmm. activating that idea in your brain. It's wild to That's think about. That's crazy because but Emily, it might was not that... be a bad thing. It Emily, might not be a bad you thing. You that posted about that, that they were going to do medicine like that? Did, did I? Somebody posted uh, about that on Instagram about how the, the future of medicine is you can just push a button on the app oh, on your phone. Frequency. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. well, we talked about yeah. that with Sherry Edwards, Matt. You know, when Sherry Edwards mm -hmm. came on, she was, she's been big into that. Saying oh, yeah. That, yeah. You know, but you're going to call in. Future. It won't be the future of medicine because it's not petrochemical pharmaceuticals. So, sure. so the thing is, is that that's the future of healing, probably not the future of what's going to be mainstream right yeah so because what's historically good for us 
has been deemed crazy and harmful and and bad for you and not endorsed by the FDA and not approved by anybody and doctors, you know, get rid of it. So it very well could be something. Um, and, and just showing though, that like, it's interesting you say, I hadn't heard about that with drugs though, like specifically like having the same effect of weed using frequencies, but yeah. that just shows the power that it has. You're not putting anything to alter the chemical, um, you know, makeup of your body, you're not doing something that could potentially be harmful for you, but you are having that experience. It just shows how powerful frequencies actually are. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm going to see if I can pull up a site that'll explain it a little bit that we can kind of maybe look through. But yeah, there's, um, there's different ones, digital drugs, they call them. Um, yeah, I must hit different of- receptors. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. Because yeah. dude, like the sounds are, are wild. Like you can, you can put a sound out there that'll give people cancer, but then you can also well, um, put a sound out at, there that'll kill cancer. Look at your, uh, your boy there in his concert, right? Supposedly they used frequencies. To- <laughs> <laughs> that was Crimson Mist though. Have you heard of Crimson Mist, Emily? No. Yeah. That's, I know, I know that you had um, Matt, but yeah, no, that's, that's what that is, dude. Straight up. It's like just a, a frequency of anger, basically. Yeah. And, oh, the um, thing that they used at the Travis Scott concert. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. That was yeah. wild. No, that was that was absolutely wild. Um, that was a giant ritual. If you saw anything there. Yeah, I actually, after like three seconds, I everything in my being was like, "Don't watch this." Yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Did you find it, Ryan? Yeah, I did. Should I share? Yeah, go ahead. Should I share? Okay, here. Um, can you see this? Because it's uh, it's showing me. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So this is what it is. Um, Binaural Beats audio files are being used as digital drugs. Um, and it says, new study sheds light on the little known phenomenon of binaural beats where sounds purportedly evoke psychoactive effects. Now, this makes sense, but supposedly it gets deeper and deeper where um, if you want to feel like you're smoking weed, but maybe you don't want to piss dirty, you can, um, you know, buy an apparent track of some kind. And I'm sure it's pretty expensive. I hadn't dabbled in this, but, you know, and then you have that weed and apparently it goes like even into like strains of different marijuana. This is like the meta 2.0. This is the meta in real life. It goes over my head to be honest, but I, I, I just think that it's a very interesting concept and it makes a ton of sense when you like, Len Cretan, once you get past the idea that sounds can heal and harm, this is like obviously yes. the next level is like, how can we get fucked up using sound? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Or, you know, go through walls and shit like that. You know, how do we, how do we levitate? Use all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, also how do you control people? Right. I'm sure yeah. there's a way to use sound to do that as well. There's, you know, obviously clockwork orange, but you look at the different things with the MK ultra program and they use frequencies for breaking down people and being able to control them in a different way. Um, using sounds, uh, words, you know, different things like that. So there's the, absolutely, I believe this is real. Like this isn't, I don't think this is um, conspiracy in any way. Well, I think this is said very well right here. Maybe a drug doesn't have to be a substance you consume. It can, um, it could be to do with how an activity affects your brain. Oh, without so, a doubt. You know, yeah, exercise right. is a drug to some people. Yeah. Right. I right. mean, there's a lot of drugs you don't consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah. It's crazy, oh, man. Crazy. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to do anything you want without leaving your house in, in yeah. the next decade. You know, that's the goal, dude. Yep. Well, thanks Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. How do you feel about Elon Musk? Emily? Cause you've been quiet lately. We haven't seen you around. I'm, I'm happy that, you, that, uh, that you're doing this right <laughs> now. Cause, um, yeah. Have you been have you been out there like talking with other shows or anything? Have you been or you just been uh, I've done a couple podcasts here and there. I've uh, just been on a few, but I've really been sort of on a hiatus. Like I said, I've been on this journey of like really um diving into energy, like right, and diving into yeah, yeah. how to enhance the life for the better, how to enhance the experience. And it's actually changed my life in a way that's different than it's ever been, um, for the better. And um I'm still, you know, tinkering around and sharing my shit, but you know, I like on Instagram, but uh, with Elon Musk, I, I'm just sitting back and waiting. I have no opinion whatsoever. Like I see both sides to what people are saying about him and what people are postulating about him. I have no idea what to think because there's certain things that point that he is just um, a, a cog in the wheel. He's another player. He's there intentionally, which probably is the case mm-hmm. or, but then I see that he has these different ideas and these different opinions that actually wake people up and create different. Maybe that's intentional too, to create chaos. But um, I, I really am. I'm on the fence waiting to see. And I just kind of read a lot about him and I see what people, people have very strong opinions about him on both sides. And oh, I yeah. take in all of it and I just don't have an opinion one way or the other at this point, uh, intentionally. I'm trying so, to like remain completely in the yeah, middle. Yeah, unbiased. That's a good move. But I mean, so then what about this? What about Trump? Because last mm-hmm. time I, I got in a little trouble with you by saying that Trump hires bad people. And, uh, <laughs> I regretted that instantly <laughs> when I said it. But uh, so, so no, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, no, but, no offense taken. I swear it was funny. <laughs> okay, good. No, yeah, and I, I didn't think about it like that. I wasn't thinking like yeah. every person, like the janitor work <laughs> at Trump Tower is not a bad guy. I'm just saying. So, no. so how do you have? Has your opinion changed about that or anything? Because there is actually some development that Texas just took steps to, uh, you know, not back the official results of 2020, which is the first state to officially do that. Right. And my stance has not changed. Um, I still do not. I, I, it's whether I'm right or wrong, I truly do not believe that he's a bad guy. I just don't. Um, I only had five years around him, but, um, there's just, there's just from, from my experience and from what I've seen, I, it's easy to, 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 take a picture here or take a, a, a quote there and say, this is why he's really bad. Um, I could be very wrong. And I'm open to the fact that I could be wrong, but in my gut, I just don't think that he's a bad guy. I do think he had good intentions. I do think he, he corrupted plans. Um, and I do think that he um, tried to fight against the machine that was going and, and attacking him and failed for the first time in his life, right? He doesn't fail at anything he does really. Um, and then I think, I think that he was, he was overcome. Hmm. I don't think, you know, There's the whole, I don't know about the whole Q thing. I don't know about any of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about him being the hero coming to save everybody, but I don't necessarily think, I still don't think he was a bad guy. I don't think that he is part of the plan. And I think he threw a cog in the wheel. I could be wrong. But that's just what I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll respectfully disagree, but you know, like I yeah. said, like, I think that that's, what's important. And I, and I, like mm-hmm. I said, I respect that opinion because 
uh, it's undeniable that we were doing much, much better under him until COVID yeah. hit. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's an understatement of the year. Yeah, because yeah. you got um, better with him even after COVID hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't understand, and that's the thing. I think that um that we had that we that we had. Yeah, yeah, dude. I like oh that. my god, I watched that like forty five <laughs> times. Now, oh, but hey. have you seen the the part after too, where he's under and he's on the ground, and he's got his his leg up. Yeah, and and then they they have a meme of Rogan interviewing him, like yeah, when he interviewed Conor down. McGregor when he was down. But now. Hey, check this out. This is creepy because I, you know, this goes along to the whole, the whole world is fake. Okay. Now there, <laughs> there's like the, uh, the baby pose, right? But then, okay. He's got brown arm hair and leg hair, but the real Joe Biden has gray yeah. arm hair. <laughs> Well, he always Good. talked about his blonde hair. Yeah, right. And that is not no blonde. Oh, that is damn. dark brown. Who is okay, this so man? Maybe it's maybe it's the light. I, I'm just, light. I, dude. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying this is. Re- I'm just laughing because that is how far we're going. Like yeah. we're 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 comparing the man's arm hair, and this is what got him into trouble in the first place because he wanted to have kids sit on his lap and stroke his leg hair. Well, dude, and Matt, that that technology, that weird little AI thing that that we've been fucking around with, that you know, that where you type in a, a yeah. term. And it will come up with something, dude. This is just what's available to dummies like us for free. Oh yeah, then, think so about what, what they have, dude. But that's that's what NASA's working with, right? I mean, yeah. that's the kind of shit where they can say, okay, let's uh, zoom in the Earth a little bit more. All right, make it a little bit marble shaped. Yeah. So with this, you know, there there are insane possibilities. You can say, make a video of Joe Biden riding a bike and he stops and then falls. Yeah. Because I don't know if you saw the the segment where I was talking with Thomas, where he says, make me a website in HTML and CCS coding with a red background and green letters that sells shoes. And he hits enter and it just types pages and pages of code out. Uh-huh. Auto, auto typing code. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can make a video like this and this could all be AI. That's oh, yeah. wild. Dude. Oh, yeah. And that's why I laugh because I'm like, I don't know, you know, everybody, everybody was, you know, like the video with the cows and everything that people were panicking about. I'm like, who knows if it's even real anymore? Like, because then in the in the last week, I had somebody send me a, a coal train derailment and then a, a massive sheep flock that died. And I'm like, guys, this is all just bullshit. I'm so like, that doesn't necessarily need to be real map, but what, so what would the, uh, what would the reason be that they're putting these videos out and it feeds into the narrative of skyrocketing food prices. So yes. it just lets them say, this is why you're paying three times more for ground beef and steak is look at this video. And then yep. this is why, you know, no one really buys lamb, but this is why, meat as a whole is more expensive you know what i mean it it feeds into a narrative and that is what's more concerning to me not really the veracity of the actual video oh without a doubt yeah no i don't i don't buy any of these videos honestly i feel like i I, because you don't know when they're from right i mean they some of these and and like the sheep one that i saw i know it's from a couple years ago because i remember seeing it and i'm like oh this is weird now the other thing is too listen guys train derailments do happen Right. They're not going to be number one on the news every day, but they happen all around the country, almost on a daily basis. You know, car accidents do happen. Plane crashes do happen. Now, the fact that they uh, 
just so happen to land on certain food processing plants is very suspicious and that there's fires. Just gonna go there. Now, now the other thing is though, we hear about all these fires at these plants too, and and but we don't hear the extent, right, all the time. So it could just be, you know, a fire in the kitchen. It doesn't have to be the mm-hmm. whole plant was destroyed. But then you do have, you know, you see fires where the entire plant is destroyed. And that's that's a real thing too. But I think it's a mix of let's just bombard them with and this one's kind of sticking right you know and it's like what ryan said before it it helps their narrative to ease into higher food costs when we may not actually see full-on shortages in the store right you may see you may not Mm -hmm. be able to get the brand you want at the time and this is what i keep saying and people are arguing with me and that's fine you hold your own opinion this is just what i believe i think you're going to see less but we're not going to see none um, I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. I, do we, I don't think we're headed for starvation. I don't no. think we're headed for, you know, times where people are shooting each other to get a loaf of bread. Like we're not headed there. And that's what though the narrative is trying to create um, in the mindset of a lot of people. And I, I, I wonder if that also too, though, does play into the, the fake meat and the fake, um, you know, all of that that's coming out to try to push that too. They're going to drive the prices up and then the prices are going to go down for, you know, the impossible burger and all those things. And I think, you know, Bill Gates and and his friends are incredibly invested in that industry. And I think we're headed in that direction. And I worry about what's actually in there. I know you can see the, like, you can see the ingredients list on all of those and there's some not so good things in there, but who's to say that we know exactly what's really in there? Yeah, so why do the they they don't have to list everything, right, Em? I mean, they they could slide stuff they in lied there to us and about, not put it on there. They lied to us about the vaccine, lied to us about COVID, they lied to us about 9-11. We're gonna be like, well, no, but they wrote the ingredients on the back of the label. It's hundred percent true. Yeah. No, absolutely <laughs> not. The only ingredients that I believe are my vegetables, right? Like there's one ingredient, right? I buy a tomato, it's a tomato. But well, but not even if you buy it anymore, though. Emily. Those things you cannot yeah, trust. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, here in Wisconsin, my little farmer's market, I go to the right to the farmer. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's much better. And for the first time ever, I started my own garden. So, Good for like, you. Yes. Yeah. Nice job. What do you know? So, yeah. What do you got? So that, that's like literally everything. <laughs> right. I have some of everything. Like, you got star fruit? Herbs. No. So okay. everything that well. can grow in Wisconsin within 110 days, right? Because so, <laughs> we're, it gets pretty cold pretty quick after that. So, um, but I, I have like everything that can be grown in this kind of climate. And uh, I'm excited about it because it's like, even just like the herbs are already ready. And I've, I've gotten like, you know, herbs for it that are great for your body. I've got, you know, cilantro and parsley and um, oregano and sort of the, so you're hitting all of the different areas for um, killing viruses and killing bacteria and, you know, killing killing off uh, different infections and things. So it's, that's kind of nice to have that right in my own backyard where I know it's not tampered with. Yep. That's the way to go. Fuck yeah. Yeah, no, it is interesting. It's so hard to grow things out here. And then when I found out that I was getting cancer water in my uh, out of my tap, it, it doesn't even <laughs> I, I, that's why none of my shit was growing. Come to find out. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I had one success, very successful crop of broccoli in the winter. Oh. And then like I've grown some greens. But yeah, no, when I think when you're poisoning these damn, you know, plants, there's no. Yeah, what you have, have yours was arsenic, right? Right. Seventeen hundred times the safe amount. Wow. I had that too. It, it's here, too. Really? Seventeen hundred times with the arsenic was like at such an alarming level. 
I, you know, and that's why I always, we always joke about uh, the sponsorships with Berkey, but the, the Berkey filters, like I, I pray to God they're for real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, use I mean, it. it's better than nothing. That's what I use. Um, and, but I still know that like the water, there's a lot of prop things about the water that I still don't know that I want to dive into this summer. Um, not to go on a tangent, but like alive water versus dead water and the different things you can do to change your water, even with a filter. Sometimes you can you can filter your water all you want. It's still dead. Deuterium in it, too. Um, so yeah, what's, yeah. what's the so, difference, Emily, between dead and alive water? Um, the ability to properly hydrate your cells correctly. Right. So that's why they say like people are always in some sort of state of dehydration because we are consuming more more water than we ever have, but our water is giving us, you know, you know, 6% of what it should be. Right. And that's why we're consuming more and more and more. And we're still really dehydrated. There's still kidney problems, liver problems, you know, all of those things that are coming into play. Um, just even the dehydration, you can just see dehydration in people's faces every day, you know, whether it's from alcohol or whether it's from just not getting the right kind of water, you, you actually can just go to the store and you can see who's dehydrated and who's not by looking at their face. Right here, dehydrated. <laughs> but yeah, no, think, like she said, though, everyone is. Yeah, oh, everyone is for part. sure. Dude, how did yeah. these people in ancient civilizations live for so long when there was like droughts for like a few years? They didn't, they weren't eating GMOs. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they didn't need to drink water. They would get their, their hydration through eating. Their yeah, skies weren't painted with mm -hmm. clouds every morning. Mm hmm. Well, well that's the other thing too like there's a concerted effort to give us certain things that are going against our body so yeah. you know if you are are having water that's full of chemicals air that's full of chemicals food that's full of chemicals even if you're trying to eat the right foods and you think you're doing the healthy thing a lot you of carry around a chemical you know yeah, yeah exactly exactly i mean every everything that we have you know is 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 completely pitted against us, right? So we're, we are in a, I mean, honestly, we're in a losing battle, right? I think we could live much longer than what they tell us our life expectancy is if you remove all those layers of, you know, absolute intentional and heinous bullshit that they throw at us every day. I think that th that's the reason why our life expectancy is what it is. I think we can go much higher than that if we could go back to, to the way it used to be, but everything has been corrupted in order to cater to the pharmaceutical and, you know, insurance and medical industry. Yeah. Hey, I can't disagree with you, but what about this? Let me show you this beer that I'm drinking. This is lovely right here. Um, it's called it a conspiracy ale. What is it? A conspiracy ale? It's a conspiracy beer, and nice. it's only because it's a dinosaur. The Velocihopter. <laughs> Velocihopter, dude. This is the. I mean, is that from a, Chicago? Is that Chicago? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it looks I like a it, monster can. Oh, because they use the the um oh what is it called um pseudo Oregon. Sioux out of Chicago for the dinosaur that's in the in the airport. <laughs> the oh yeah, yeah 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 no this is out of uh, Oregon. So Velasa Hopter. Yeah, Velasa Hopter. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great play on words. See, because the I hops are in the beer. That's so good. Well, I'm a huge fan of beer. I mean, I'm a total health nut, and I do as much as I can to, you know, to offset, you know, when I do have beers. But I'm from Wisconsin. Like, it's our... <laughs> it's in your DNA. Beer. Yeah, I mean, our state bird is the mosquito, and, you know, our state... Really? So, I mean, there's there's more bars per capita here than anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You, UW is like the number one party school for the longest time. 
it's the best there. I hey, but Phoenix, there, yeah. fucking so ASU took that over though, dude. Yep. Did they? Did did that pass? Yeah, lots of dirt bags coming out of there. It's yeah, so fun. ASU yeah. is filthy. But you know what's unfortunate <laughs> now is because I I like U of A that's down the street, and then ASU is the rival school. They're actually not now starting to become like a prestigious business school. So nice. now it's not just a party school. So now they're real up their own asses right now, and it's annoying. But it's that's fine. Funny. Let them do the their thing. About some of those schools though is it teachers you how to like party and social up for your job. <laughs> I day. guess. And there is like per capita, yeah. probably more beautiful women up in that school than oh my anyone else I'd ever seen. Arizona. I mean, I think Arizona per capita is like some of the most beautiful women in the country, right? It's insane. Yeah. Better than California. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Because in Arizona too, I don't know if it's as plastic as California. Oh, speaking of, you guys have noticed that the Kardashians have completely removed their asses? No, they haven't. Oh, get out. Yeah. Kim, That's the only thing that was good about them. I know. I, think Kim, I just like, saw a picture of her and Pete Davidson at the beach or something. I well, I saw it. See, it depends on the angles because I saw a photo of Kim and Pete, and everyone was everyone was freaking out. And this was on kind of like a normie website yeah. um, for gossip, and everyone was freaking out because they're like, "Why is her ass so small? Like, what happened?" And then another picture of Chloe came out, and her ass is gone. Like, and and so I'm wondering. I I don't know what what is behind that i know they can surgically enhance anything and reduce anything that they have but i don't know what's going on that's like it's whatever they do that changes or that they say or something that's like the media completely highlights i know is something to do a cultural shift right so it it, that could be that could be something to to change the trajectory of like where our mindset is going with our bodies or if it's just you know something but it's intentional it's got to be intentional because it was all over the news. You know what's crazy about that is that oh god, dude, he, he looks like he has Down syndrome to me. He like does. I can, tell when, a, I can yeah. tell when a dude is good looking. He does. He's not a good looking dude. I don't think. You know what I mean? This is very yeah. love on the spectrum esque. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, so what no. I was gonna say, you made a bro- a really great point there about the Kardashians and how they they kind of change culture. Because like for my whole like once I found out what girls were in like middle school and and really elementary school. And then moving forward, I, I was a boob guy, right? When I'm looking, like I was always about boobs. And then I started out of nowhere really appreciating a big ass and not caring about boobs. Not just a big ass, but a good ass. You know <laughs> and, what I mean? And you attribute yeah. that to the Kardashians? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> also great. bigger lips. I mean, you, you can contribute. I mean, honestly, you can contribute any cultural shift for beauty or mindset to whoever is highlighted in pulp culture from Jim Morrison to Kate Moss. Right. I mean, that will change the trajectory of an entire generation. Absolutely. So so the idea, do you think that the ass is going to go away now, Emily? Is that what you're saying? You think if this is real now, it's going to go back to people to go back to that Kate Moss eating disorder, take some heroin, you know what I mean? Sort of, sort of look. Heroin chic, they call it. Yes. Yes, that was in my generation, right? So I could never get behind the big asses. I was like, but the last thing I want is a big ass, right? <laughs> like that was always the thing. Um, and and so I could never get behind it. But I'm trying to find a picture of like her new ass. I but I, I yeah, I, I used to think that was weird too. Like a girl, like because I had some uh, friends in school that always liked thicker girls, mm-hmm. and I always like skinny girls in like high yeah. school. I graduated 2009, 
But yeah. then as soon as I hit like 25, I'm like, okay, I appreciate mm-hmm. the thickness a little bit. You know what well, I mean? That- that, and that's when the Kardashians really, they became distorted. Like they always had a big butt, but then at some point it became like cartoonish, right? Like where their yeah. waist really went in and the butt was like so like SpongeBob. far out. <laughs> yes. I mean, even like Kylie and, and whatever their names are, the Jenner girls, if you look at them in the beginning of the, the Kardashian series when they were, you know, 16 years old, they mm. were, they were tiny and they were, you know, they didn't have a hips and they didn't have any of that. And now they have the most pronounced hips and the pronounced, most pronounced ass that you've yeah. ever seen. And I think that's by design. I think it's somehow, I don't know why exactly, but it's shifted. I don't know if it's for creating scarcity and all the girls who like have a flat ass or have a regular ass that are like, why can't I look like that? Like, or, you know, to create negative energy or something like that. But it seems like when they brought in the Kate Moss, everyone was like, oh, why can't I be that skinny? I need to have an eating disorder to get like that or do drugs. And then now it's like, why don't I have a big ass? I need to get surgery or, oh, I can never get that big, you know, and this unattainable sort of look. Um, It's very interesting. I don't know why they do it and why it keeps shifting back and forth the way it does just in my life well and and, and i think you might be onto something too em because what did kim kardashian what was she just pushing so hard in the news was that insane diet she went on to fit into that marilyn monroe dress right right? which was basically starving herself Mm -hmm. for however many weeks to be able to fit into that dress she didn't even fit into it that was a crazy no they ended up she ended up breaking it I got yeah, a shout and out. And then she had it on for three minutes. Yeah. I got a shout out Julia for her episode on Marilyn Monroe because I, I learned a lot in her Marilyn Monroe. That was episode. awesome. That's she one of the great best job. deep dives I've heard yeah. on Marilyn Monroe. Or, you did know. you hear that, Emily? Too? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know Matt, so you you heard that dude. It, yeah, it's great. Yeah, she did a good job. I'm th- I'm thankful that she reminded me. Cause when someone tells me that that I to listen to something, they gotta tell me three, four times. And she told me, and I listened to it, and it was phenomenal. Listen to the yeah, whole thing. Cosmic Peach. Go check her out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good shit. But um, I think that the Kennedys did it, for the record. She thinks the uh, mob did it. I think it was the Kennedys. But hey, oh, you know. I agree with you, actually, Ryan. I totally agree with you on that. The Kennedys? Mm-hmm. She, she just got passed around, man. You got to feel for that woman. Yeah. <sighs> she liked well, was it Was she bit, a regular woman? Was she a creative woman? You know what? Yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm at that point where I literally take everything and I'm like, was she created for this purpose? For the story. For these, you know, for right? creating this. Yes. Yes. Not, now, I'm not saying she wasn't real, but I'm saying, is she literally the story <laughs> that they tell us or what was she brought in in order to, um, you know, in order to create this narrative, in order to get to the that that president that was trying to take on the CIA, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it is interesting, that little triangle between the Kennedys, the mm-hmm. CIA and the mob, because mm-hmm. they seem like they all hated each other, but then they all work together for their own benefit. Um, right. There's this hilarious meme I was going to share with you guys. If I can find it, it's on my, uh, someone shared it with me on Instagram, but it's like, you know, just getting to the idea that like uh, Marilyn Monroe is not even real you know i know that you're not saying that emily but that's like next level shit or it's like yeah she was cgi human vibration yeah human vibration she is so great with like making you question everything and i so i i can't i can't say for sure i get behind everything she says 
but also she makes me question so many things and look at everything through a different lens. It's pretty incredible. Like it, it l- watching what she's done and listening to her different podcasts is, has really changed a lot of the way I view view things. I'm not saying I subscribe to everything, but it's interesting. And it makes I will never think, see the color purple the same ever, again. Ever, <laughs> ever, never. Yeah, it's so true. No, she's 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 great for just kind of opening up your mind. Yeah, because they're the ones that say like birds are aren't real, that pandas aren't mm-hmm. real, and things like mm-hmm. that. And then you start thinking about it, and you're like, man, like, I mean, the whole bird thing isn't true because my dogs killed a bird, and it mm-hmm. there's they're real. But it but, could be uh, some birds, not no, oh, oh, definitely. There's some that could be <laughs> yeah. out there that are machines yeah. for for certain. Right. But when you get yeah. to like pandas and stuff, that's mm-hmm. where it gets real weird. For me, because, yeah, especially because you know, I saw them at the zoo. Were they robots? Yeah, they come out of China, right? And they yeah, only right. eat bamboo. Like, what mm-hmm. carnivore would only eat bamboo? Like, this just, just doesn't seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. I know, and, and and it's interesting because when she puts something out there and really, she draws a line in the sand. Like, this is not real, not real, not yep. real. But she has really good evidence and facts. What to, to lead up to where she comes to her her conclusion right and it doesn't mean you have to believe it but it's very very interesting and it has really changed the way i view so many things in the world right yeah and she's known for the whole jo- she's the one who exposed the john benet case yeah. as being fake and just a cgi yeah. thing for them to start testing cgi on us and yeah. that um changed, what's that app they use what? um about the fake faces Mm-hmm. That still- app where it, yes, and you can't even detect who's real and who's fake. Yeah, I this, went to that website. This face is not real or something mm-hmm. like that. Dot com, and and they're all just computer generated people, mm-hmm. and they're like people they would use on the news. Okay, so this isn't the meme, and I'm so sorry to anyone, the person that sent this to me. I can't find it, but it said, uh, "How big of a conspiracy theorist are you?" And then it showed this. <laughs> the same person that yeah. Andrew oh, Jackson's <laughs> fucking Epstein. <laughs> Isn't that I wild? That was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It well, that just goes to show you that there's only a certain amount of templates out there, right? right. I mean, it's yeah. finite and, and it's just yeah. a repeating cycle of shit. You guys, I just saw a new video from there's an Instagram account, shout out. It's called Everything Is Own. Yes. Okay. Um, and they had a video that was um showing all of the clones throughout history i mean even like black arnold schwarzenegger i mean it was like unbelievable when they were doing the side-by-sides and the facial analysis of all the different people um throughout history and even coexisting right now at the same time it really really blows your mind to think how many of the people that we idolize are just solely there created to to like push a narrative and push an agenda and further something with the idolatry and you look at a lot of the Hollywood people and man, some of them are, you can't tell, I, I, you know, didn't know they were two different people at certain, it was some of them. And, and then mm-hmm. you realize, oh, that's a different person. Yeah. Well, I remember someone sent me, this is before my eyes were really open and they sent me, it was like the half and half of Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And, like, and I remember being like, how, how on earth can that be? Like, how can they be perfectly symmetrical, the same person? And that always stuck with me. And then when I finally was doing things to sort of like get my, uh, you know, reading things and sort of 
my eyes were opening to the world, I went right back to that and and used and used that to further my research because it was really crazy to see it. just just that example alone um, is really mind blowing because it's not possible. It's just not possible that two people in Hollywood that are super famous can be perfectly symmetrical when you put their face side by side. Man, you got my mind stuck on black Arnold Schwarzenegger. How would that sound? That would be, <laughs> that would be like the weirdest. I'm going to send it to you. Give him like this. a Southern German accent. Combine like the Southern mm-hmm. twang with a deep German, a deep Austrian accent. Well, what if he would... just, what if he just sounded the same, but he liked things that black people like only, you know what I mean? Like, he, like he was talking about like hair oil and stuff, you know, chicken, <laughs> little watermelon, you know, dude. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just the the possibilities are endless with a little black uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah, no, I'm definitely so sorry. Wait here. I don't know if you guys can see this on my phone. Oh, there it is. <laughs> wow, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to see that in my dreams now. I know. I have to send this to you. It's so funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's, these are all celebrities. So whoever, I don't know, actually don't, I'm not abreast on, on um, all of the music culture and all of the celebrities right now. Um, but the, I don't know who the uh, African-American gentleman is uh, that is looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but <laughs> I'm going to send that to you guys. Well, Human yeah, Vibration okay. does that too, Em. She does the templates where mm-hmm. she'll post people that look identical. And it's yep. wild, these people, how, how identical they look. And That's especially awesome. when they're people through history, people yep. from 200 years ago to today. I mean, like the Nicolas Cages and the, you know, even Epstein and Andrew Jackson. That just, yeah. every time I see it, it blows my mind. The uh, the Pharrell one is interesting too. That little, uh, the hip hop dude, Pharrell. Yeah. That guy yeah. is. Yeah. lived throughout time he was a native american apparently yeah, interesting. yeah. That dude is, it really is yeah so not to completely get off uh the topic of this great uh you know black arnold schwarzenegger but the the idea of uh <laughs> the freemasons dude and i was coming back to this and somebody sent me a video did you know that they have a ritual where they marry uh little boys they do a ritual where they they dress a boy up in a wedding gown yes had yeah, I did that? hear about it. Yes. That. It's dark. Someone sent me a video of it and it's pretty freaky. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if some of these people are FBI and they're trying to get me to watch weird shit. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. That's a good point. You know what I mean? I'm always sketched out with mm-hmm. everyone. This guy's been a listener for a long time. I actually trust him, but like I said that out loud. And as I was saying that, I was like, ooh, that sounds really bad to say that someone sent me a video of a man marrying a little boy. You know what I mean? It just sounds yeah, fucking- yeah. <laughs> It sounds well, really it's bad. Not, it's not you watching it at 3 a.m. It's it's you talking about it on a podcast explaining how yeah, thanks, Ryan. In our world is really crazy. Yeah. And now, now you we're all on a list. Them. We're all in another list. We're all domestic terrorists. Now we're on another list. Thanks. I mean, honestly, though, it is weird though, right? Like this is the stuff no, that it's I very think is, weird. This is the stuff that I'm not, it's not that I'm interested in it, but mm-hmm. I think that this is like where my passion lies because I do want to expose that. And I think that if enough people knew about that stuff it would become a problem for them. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. so easy. Like Nambla, Nambla yeah. wasn't known to a lot of people just a few years ago. It was a and joke, then, Ryan. Well, yeah. South it was, Park did it. It was like a punchline, you know? South Park and, did it. When I was growing up, you know? Oh, no, the boy lovers, Park, you know? Yeah. Well, the yeah. Nambla people were behind the one of the lawsuits against Michael Jackson. Yep. 
And I mean, so wow. it's though they're they're very real. Um, oh, they have a website. Very, very, yeah. I mean, it's very scary because their tentacles are everywhere, and they are trying to become part of the, you know, LGBT. Yeah, they want to get a banner in there. Plus, yeah, they want to be part of that. It's terrifying. I think when you think about. not even to segue into what's going on with our children, but like, I mean, I know we protect our kids, but, but man, the brainwashing that's going on with kids to, to, to make them trans or to make them. It's just the overall sexualization of them. You know, I mean, that it was, it wasn't a thing when we were growing up. Yeah. There were perverts out there. There were child molesters, but it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't. It wasn't in our school to talk about, do we think maybe we like girls or boys? Like, yeah. that wasn't a thing. And it's not about acceptance. It's about letting kids choose their own path. And my son's you know in I mean? like, fourth grade or third grade this year. And mm-hmm. he had kids already talking about themselves being gay. Yeah. And he, he's like, dad, what are, what are they talking about? And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, and I explained it to him. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, they don't know what they're talking about right now. They're just mm-hmm. make, they're just parroting what they're hearing around. Well, they're hearing Disney Plus. I, yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, that's all over. They're having cartoons coming out with like lesbians. Well, Disney are... said they're going to push it even harder, especially the trans <laughs> stuff. <laughs> We're going to push this harder, boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the woman came out and she took shit for it for yeah. like a week, Good. but she never mm-hmm. retracted what she said. But that's, I mean, they, they're out there saying that they're going to push yeah. this agenda for loud. what? A population that's like less than 1%. Well, right. dude. And that's the crazy thing. Do, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want as an adult. Be whoever you want to be. I don't. I do not care. It doesn't affect me in the slightest. But when you try to push an ideology onto the children that wouldn't otherwise be there, like if a child's going to grow up and want to do whatever, that's great. But when they're seven, they shouldn't be saying if they're cisgen, they're cis whatever or what, whatever that you know they're identifying their. They shouldn't be thinking about, about it at that age. No, it's not no. it, there should be growing up and enjoying. Go eat some shit. dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember no. two years ago, my son said to me, he said it was two years ago, and he said, you know, mom, X Y Z is going to be. Oh, I'm going to be 15 then, and he goes, oh, probably then is by the time I'm going to know if I like girls or boys. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, someone said that at school, like you you're gonna find out if you're gay or not by the time you're 15 and i was like what like oh my who are you talking about we've switched schools since because it was a very liberal uh, private school but um with the teachers kind of pushing the agenda but um but now it's so funny because we had a conversation like a month or so ago and he was like yeah, mom, there's like, there's no question that, that I'm probably gonna like girls. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know why he brought it up to me, but it was just so interesting that like, that's on his mind. Well, you can you tell know? you and live that's... in a red state because uh, mm-hmm. it would be five instead of 15 if it was a blue state. Right. Well, so no, uh, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Not to get personal. And I'm sure that you've talked about this on like your, your uh, social media and stuff, but like a, a, an age range of where your son is right now. Like what? Oh, age he's range? 10. Yeah. He's, 10 oh, he's okay. Yeah. He so, knows already because mm-hmm. I, I knew when I was mm-hmm. like five, six, um, yeah. you just, there's something instinctual about that. And, yeah. But he is getting this pushed on him that he's questioning it because mm-hmm. I, I liked exactly girls. Right. 
I liked girls when I was like six or seven, but I played with Barbies. You know what I mean? Like right. I played with girly toys because I liked taking their clothes off. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a no, thing it's that, so yeah, no, it's totally. No, I can see it. I can see it in what he does and what he says. Like I, that's not a concern, but it's just interesting that like he's even having that dialogue yeah. in his mind. Yeah, yeah. That he has to say, like, okay, when I'm 15, I'm gonna know. Right now, I think it's you know girls, but when I'm 15, I'll know for sure. Yeah, like all of a sudden on his 15th birthday, it's just gonna there's gonna be a switch that goes off, and he's gonna know. Right, and it's just it's just so embedded in the culture, and to see it, like, I'm so glad that that my kids are protected from it. But there are other I've seen other parents who actually like one woman in my community was constantly cutting her daughter's hair really short and dressing her like a boy, and everyone thought you know, oh, maybe she's going to be trans. And then it, it came out that like her father was saying that she was crying, saying, I want my hair long. I'm so sick of people thinking I'm a boy, I'm a girl. And it was because the mother really wanted to have a child that was trans, you know, and, and it's because it's so about sad. them, right? It's not about the child. It becomes it's about them. It becomes about their cool posts on social media with their kid who looks like a boy. Oh, you know? it's and so like, sick. It's so if, sad. If you were yeah. to tell like 10 or 12 year old me that people were going to be calling themselves queers in the future, I would have yeah. thought it was so weird because like we called our friends queers. Yeah, we're just being stupid. Yeah. There wasn't anything about sex. You'd be like this guy like tripped like, you know, or, or fell down on a skateboard. Be like, oh, you little queer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Queer fag so, and retard. Those are three yeah, words we you did. get yeah, away with. All the time. <laughs> yeah. and it was like just part of our vernacular. But if, even if you go back, like I've had this weird um, stunt stint of like watching like very old movies and you see the big difference in the culture between mm -hmm. the trans community or the gay community and to where it was back then to where it is now and not saying that like prejudice is right or anything like that i'm definitely not saying that like i want people to embrace who they are and who they want to be but just don't push an agenda that might not already be there yeah but make it representative but of the population too right mm -hmm. it's not right. it's so it's so jammed in our face that it's mm -hmm. not like what we see on a daily basis mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. And it's, it's, it's sad because it's almost intentional when you see like people who in prominent positions who are tweeting, like, I'm not going to rest until every child is trans, or you see, you know, the, the LA gay men's chorus course, or whoever they were at the West Hollywood, I don't know who it was when they were like, we're coming for your children. That's alarming. Like, and that's enough to really make you want to pay attention to your kids and what they're ingesting and what's happening and talking to them about what they're seeing or asking them about what they're seeing. I think that's really important. Yeah. And that's the key right there is asking them because I mean, I know I send mm -hmm. my, my son goes to public school and mm -hmm. the first thing he, when I get in the car is we go through his day. I want to know, yeah. you know, what are you guys learning about? What, what are you guys mm -hmm. talking about? What are you and your friends talking about at lunch, you yeah. know, and get into that. Good. So, and, and look for warning signs because yeah. listen, it's your child. You mm -hmm. can go into that school and you can, you can cause hell and you should, right. if they're doing things that you don't agree with. And, right. and if you have to, you have to change schools. I mean, we're lucky mm -hmm. that, you know, we're in a small town and mm -hmm. they have very good values in this town. That's we don't have good. to worry about them teaching, you know, trans, mm -hmm. having trans story time here. Mm -hmm. Um, that's happening in my community in some of the public schools. Unfortunately, it's in our area, right? Yeah, and the that's area. the crazy Not, part. Yeah, yeah. Because our area, we have, you know, we, there's a lot of colleges in this area. Mm -hmm. So, 
there's a lot of liberals that go along with that, like real yeah. liber ultra liberal stuff. And uh, especially a little south of us, there's, I forgot what the name of the women's college is. One of the big women's college in the world. Is that that, that Bryn? Skidmore or something? Bryn, Bryn Muir or some shit like that? No, it's maybe Sarah something. I don't know. But oh, it's about yeah. where that girl, the Ministry of Truth lady Smith? went. It's not that one? Smith, Smith College. That's it. Yeah. Smith College. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a lot of people here from Smith, actually, including the school that I transferred my kids out of. Oh, yeah. It's a big, <laughs> they live in, the, yeah, it's so. Their school, their school motto is just sexual harassment. Yeah. That's all the thing. <laughs> me Dude, too. Hashtag me yeah. too. That's their. Hashtag BLM. Hashtag George Floyd. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's weird. I got a random question for a, a food topic. Um. Do you guys prefer drumsticks or the flats when it comes to wings? Ooh. We're talking like buffalo wings? Yeah, chicken wings. Yeah, buffalo yeah. wings. Yeah, Drum drums, stick. flats. You like drums? drums. I, if, if it's, I see, I have two answers because if it has seasoning on it, you know, if it has a sauce, I like the drums. If it's a dry mm. rub, I like the wing. The flat. Okay. So yeah, you get the meat, and it gets in between the bones, and I feel like you get better flavor. Is Very this a psychological examination? No, I've just been listening. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know it's all. What random. did I just like, answer for you? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, catch oh, you guys you off guard. You're gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guess what? One, one is a fag, and one's a queer. Guess who's, who's who? <laughs> no, um, no. I've just been listening to this show where they ask these people like really trashy food questions, yeah. and I love it. Like, there's something that's so I'm addicted to this fucking. It's a comedy podcast. But it's just it's a funny thing, like See, the shit that they say. All right, one that one that puzzles me is hot hot dogs. How do you dress your hot dog? Mustard. I mean, if we're talking just like the 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 big three, mustard, relish, and ketchup. I'm going all mustard. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. I'm not putting ketchup. Just mustard. I like a toasted bun. But if we're gonna get a little more esoteric, I like the onions and the chili and cheese with a little mustard. Yep. Okay. That's it. So I've got the Chicago influence because both my parents are from Chicago. So it's okay. like, it's like every single thing under the sun. And then there is a hot dog and a bun there too. <laughs> so it's like, it's like mustard, ketchup, onions, pickle relish, um, jardinera, you know, like hot peppers. It's got everything that you could imagine. Yeah, sometimes the they put pepper. spinach, like raw spinach. Sometimes they put that on there too. Really? Everything on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So like I, when I have a hot dog, um it's like or like in the past when i've had them it's like how much can i put on there it's like every it's like a meal for oh. two days. so what do you do you put you get like a sub roll you throw a little hot dog in there and then it's all just condiments packed on yeah top? and the condiments like fall all over the dishes then, and then you have a fork to get the rest of it but it's like there's a hot there's dog like somewhere no way to be <laughs> eating a hot dog like a hot dog is never a date idea in chicago the hot dog <laughs> sure. is like the center of a tootsie roll tootsie pop it sounds yeah. like in that equation yeah. Well, the Chicago yeah. dog is it's a poppy seed bun. You got tomatoes, yeah. sport peppers, mm -hmm. relish, mustard, Everything. celery, salt. They don't yeah. don't talk to me about hot dogs. I actually had an idea oh, for a food truck. And I did I tell you about this, Matt? Yes. My wieners across America. Yeah, yeah, you were going wieners, man. Wieners up. Billion, billion dollar idea. I just don't have the Love money it. to get it started right now. But yeah, hot dog for every state. Each state has their iconic food on top of the hot dog. So, you know, it is what it is, but that's the best idea. <laughs> if yeah, you, you parked gotta... anywhere or you brought that to birthday parties, that would be insane. 
Dude, yeah, you got like for California, you got like a Monterey, you got avocado and a fucking mm-hmm. tomatoes on there. Texas, you got Fritos and chili, you know, Sonoran Idaho, dog here. On it. <laughs> what? You go to Idaho, you put bison on it. Or know? potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> My Vermont hot dog was a vegan hot dog because that's where Bernie Sanders comes from. Oh. There's a lot of <laughs> soft soy boys up there. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, you got some good stuff. But yeah, no, I've just been addicted to this food show, man. It's so funny. Um, trash. And, and we can change the subject, but I, I'm curious if any of you guys had a really ghetto trashy food that you guys ate as a child. Mine was hard ramen noodles with the yeah. seasoning packet. You sprinkle the seasoning on the, the ramen noodles yep. without cooking it and you chew on it. That was I college. Thing. I did the same thing. And I actually would also like sprinkle hot sauce on it. Okay. So it was like the seasoning That's packet. That's classier yeah and then hot sauce on it also okay. the other thing was like oatmeal straight out of the packet like we wouldn't bother to cook it Dry <laughs> yeah that was in college oh, though yeah like in the elevator on the way to class <laughs> oh my god okay snort it <laughs> yeah. that's funny no man it's just fun it, it's a random thing no, that, that is great. Too. And it's good because it like <laughs> relieves the pressure of all the heavy shit we talk about all the time. You know, well, I might actually start doing it with podcast hosts, mm-hmm. like like get them on and just talk about these dumb things that like mm-hmm. they used to do as a kid and like just do yeah. one a month or something like I'm trying to do like a little sideshow where it's not conspiracies. Yes, you got to break think, it up, dude. Dude, honestly, I Matt, I think and, and you you might respect this because you're in the podcast game. Emily, you should get into it. I think you should have a show. Um, but, um, there, I think podcasts where people just get on and talk, not necessarily like this, cause this has a direction, right? Even though there's no direction, there's a specific community that listens to this and it's topics all over the place. But I think when people just get on and talk about nothing, I think that that's got about two years left before that mm-hmm. is like, because you got, and I posted a clip about this from Tim Dillon talking about it. You're getting massive celebrities that mm-hmm. have made millions and millions of dollars starting podcasts now and it's like dude that's when the culture kind of dies out it's not you know people in their basements anymore and shit like that Mm -hmm. so there's always going to be a place when celebrities infiltrate anything it's for a purpose yeah Yeah. once once corporate gets its hands on it we're fucked right and that's exactly it but hopefully hopefully not like hopefully the core base of the people who listen to these things are going to stick with who they know who they trust what they you know what what they have and what trajectory you take if it's you know talking about more fun things or talking about conspiracies it's great or even if you break it up if you had segments you know where part of it is talking about conspiracies part of it is like the random a or b would you rather well i think it's going to splinter like what matt Mm -hmm. does i think is brilliant i used to not think that the history was so interesting like just straight education i didn't think that was so interesting like a few months back but now that i'm seeing how things are evolving i think that it's either going to go strictly information based or strictly people that you interact with yep i think that that's what it's going to be i don't think that people are going to go on and I hate to say it, but like, listen to the to the big show. I'm not even going to say I was going to say a name of a show. I'm not going <laughs> to say any names here, but I think that there's some shows that that, you know, have been around and have been pretty big that aren't going to have a place for some reason. And I don't know why I feel that, mm-hmm. but you just kind of see the culture moving in that direction. If you're kind no, of I, I mean, I, I'm with you, right? Because I noticed I mean, I, I was a 
podcast junkie for like two years where I was listening to, you know, six to eight hours a day worth of podcasts mm -hmm. between work mm -hmm. and walking my dog and stuff. And right. I'm at the point now where, yeah, I, there's a few of those that I'll listen to where it's just two people talking, but unless there's a point to it, I, I don't have any interest anymore. And, and I've noticed even there's certain topics I won't even listen to anymore because I feel like everybody's done it. Um, and it's just, you know, another, and that's why, you know, I, I kind of took the approach that I did is I wanted to do one. I'm not great at interviewing people. So that's why this is a perfect forum because it's just interactive. Yeah. And, and when it comes to the actual inf Hey, how are you? Good. <laughs> I saw you eating a pop the other day. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but I like the education part of it because that's where, you know, I, I like learning. But I think like I like listening to that type of stuff, too. I like to sit down and listen to something where I can learn something yeah. new. Um, well, for me, podcast is where I get my news, right? Or yep. where I get my not only just no, no, not not really news, but like where I get my position in the world. Right. So where my mindset is going and what I'm thinking about and like what's going on. Um, similar to when our, in our parents, you know, when we were in the eighties and they would sit down and like read the paper, it's how they just got yep. their positioning. Right. So now podcast is where I get my positioning. Cause I can't trust the TV. I can't trust, you know, the newspaper or the news on my phone at all, but I have to select your sources. You have to really evaluate your sources too, very carefully. You see CNN though, making a serious pivot to mm -hmm. try and become that source again. Because yeah, they're yeah. they're abandoning, they're going to fire Brian Stelter. He's the next one to go, um, right. and and you can see that. You can see the writing mm -hmm. on the wall. The guy is kind of alluding to ideas of firing anyone that is still talking about the big lie, which I think is a hundred percent true. The big lie being that Trump won twenty twenty. And again, you know, I'm very critical of the man, but I think that he won the election. I mm -hmm. mean, I've never seen. Dude, you look different right now, Emily. The lighting just made you look like a completely different person. That was wild. <laughs> you see that too? It's funny. I don't know what it is. My light in, on my Zoom, it keeps adjusting. I don't oh, know. Oh, maybe Whatever. there's a ghost in there with you. No, that's, and now yeah. you look back to the Yeah, wall. it's going like. That was fucking weird. Yeah. It me out. But no, um, yeah. And, and um, like for mine, I try to do like for my show, I try and get people talking points that they can like talk about like at a bar. Or like mm -hmm. on a date or something. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's like just weird out there stuff that's like, you know, hopefully these people connect in some way and they're like, hey, so have you heard of, uh, you know, the Lucius Trust? Or like, what do you think about the <laughs> And then you can talk about <laughs> the right? greatest sounds... pickup lines ever right there, right? Well, that's not a pickup line. You've already you've already swiped right well, on Tinder. You know are, I mean? If you want the right people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want the right people, that is a good pickup line. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I think that people are going to have to find their purposes. And I think just to finish off on this point, I think that the reason why podcasts are dwindling down as far as like why they're significant and why um, why I don't think that they're going to have a place in the future is because so many people have them that probably shouldn't have them, mm -hmm. right? And I've always promoted people. I, I think that anyone should have a podcast if they want to get their voice out there. Um, but I mean, dude, when you look at like the rankings and the, and the percentiles of where some shows sit, including mine, I mean, there's a lot of garbage podcasts out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. Matt has killed the game since he's, you know, come in and he's done a great mm -hmm. job. 
and and you deserve to be where you're at, dude. But there's some spots, there's some shows that are out there and they're like top 10% or top 5% in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you're getting like 200 listeners a week. And you, you know wonder I mean? how they get there. It's because, yeah. well, no, it's because there's so many shows out. There's 20, I think there's 20 or 200 million. I know that's a big difference, but there's a shit ton <laughs> of podcasts that are out there. And they never delete these things. You know what I mean? There's some shows where they put out one episode and then that podcast is out there forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then these people get confidence. And then you can also buy listens. I was actually researching this today. Um, you can buy listens um, like thousands and thousands <laughs> of listens. Yeah. And they're real listens and they jump your your podcast up on the charts and whatnot. And um, it's very cheap to do it. It's like 40 bucks for like 50,000 listens. You know really? what I mean? That's yeah. Crazy. And people are they real uh, now? I wonder if you if those count as real listens, do you get anchor anchor sponsorship? Because that could be a massive scam right there. It is a scam. It's a scam, but it's it, and you know who doesn't, Matt? Spotify. It's get called out. spot. It's oh, called Spotify Jesus. listens, I think. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking at it. it was tied to Twitter bots. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's the whole thing because there's no there, so like the, the whole thing with like, like I would be interested to see like a show like yours matter, a show like mine would pair up with some shows that are like high up in the ranks, but really don't have like the, the logistics behind them. Yeah. If like, we got the they- same audience, right. You let, you get, you let a hundred thousand people listen to my show, a hundred thousand people listen to yours and a hundred thousand people listen to theirs and see what the ratings are off of that. Yeah. No, I'm talking like 100,000 people listen to you, 100,000 people listen to me, and 500,000 listen to this other show. Let's see how much we can sell of the same product. Well, no, I'm saying what if it's even, right? What if it's even? What if we're on even ground? All of us have the same equal listenership and we can see what we can sell. Okay. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. 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 No, that no, that's sense. what I'm saying. What if it's even? Because, you know, I understand your scenario, but what if I, what if our shows got the same, reached the same amount of people they would? Would, would you Actual know, I, people? I, yeah. I think we'd have a bigger impact. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting over that hump and getting it out there. Yeah. Let me see what this thing's called real quick. It's interesting, though. There's so many scams out there. Yeah. Well, we're in one giant scam, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. What do you got for us? So it's called um, SpotifyStorm.com. Um, buy Spotify podcast plays, high quality and secure. And um, you've got pricing. Okay. So 5000 for $44, 15000 for $119, 50000 for $300. 100,000 for $500 and those are the packages that they offer but this is an official Spotify uh sponsored thing. So Spotify, it's got the Spotify logo, it's a sponsored thing. It's it's 100% legit. But um yeah, dude, I I think that people that's use the Twitter of podcasts right there. Yeah, yeah that's probably using those same bot accounts to play the, you know, give it a give it a listen. Yeah. To it's generate those using those rooms of like bot accounts. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's wild, man. Nothing's real. It's my point. So, you know. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it. I know uh, I know. Em's got the kiddos. She's got to get to. And uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. Emily, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? 
Thanks. I'm always happy to be here. It's such a great conversation. I love you guys and your podcasts. Um, I learn so much from you both every day. So people are not listening to both of you, which I'm sure they are. They need to be. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at, uh, at Miss Embly, M-I-S-S-E-M-B-I-L-Y. Um, and that's where it is. I'm just sharing information that I see. Um, when I share something, it's not always that I believe in it, but it's just to raise questions. And that's what we're trying to do. Talk, people. Talk. Ryan, what do you got to push, my friends? Yeah, man. Thank you. No one knows shit. That's the point of the episode here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, Emily, like I said, I meant that I meant that really sincerely. You know, it's great to talk with you. Um, glad that you're back talking a little more and hopefully, you yeah. know, uh, we'll see you here popping up on more shows. But yeah, um, as always, Matt, Mondays are fun for me. I enjoy these every single week. And uh, people know where to find me, dude. Um, there is a new product that's going to be coming out that I'm affiliated with. I'm not the owner, but uh, I'm excited uh, to to share something new that's going to be coming out with a lot of people um, trying to build like a cooler culture around this conspiratorial crazy people shit. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, it'll uh, it'll get more people that are thinking like this to kind of like, you know, be inspired to create other shit that'll be like, you know, into weird shit like we are so uh that's the only thing i'll just cock tease you a little bit but uh what about you man yeah. nice thanks for that <laughs> i was like okay he's gonna drop oh he's waiting on us thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no find all my stuff at the great deception podcast youtube uh instagram patreon go find it there's a merch store um t-shirts are awesome i'm a little sketched out on the sweatshirt right now so hold off on those i'm gonna go back and try and redo those um but and emily's got a mug thank you for the product placement m <laughs> and with that stay shot. strong and question <laughs> everything is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.